Hey there, and welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Eric Johansson, a teacher and tutor with LSAT Demon. And joining me today is Braden, an LSAT Demon student who just crushed the LSAT. Congratulations, Braden, uh, and well done on your victory. And thanks so much for joining today. Yeah, thanks. No problem, man. So tell me a little bit about what you did. Uh, maybe just a quick overview of where you started with the test and where it is that you ended up. Yeah, so I started with a cold diagnostic of 155. Um, and uh, on the September LSAT, I got a 173. Excellent. So 155 to 173, that is an 18 point increase. About how long did that take you? Eight months. I started in January. I took a month off in May. Um, and my last test was September. So somewhere around eight months. Nice. And maybe just a breakdown of like, where did, did you start studying with LSAT Demon or did you start somewhere else and migrate to LSAT Demon after a certain point? Yeah. So I did not start with LSAT Demon. Um, I actually took a course at the local university, which was good. Um, I have no complaints about the course. I just had some disagreements with some of their ideas and their philosophies behind the test. Um, they were really big into diagramming uh, logical reasoning and diagramming reading comp, um, mm -hmm. which always seemed counterintuitive to me. Yeah. What's, what seemed counterintuitive about that? Uh, just spending so much time writing things out, right? Especially in reading comp. Um, I always struggled with reading comp. I'm a pretty slow reader. Mm -hmm. And so I would breeze through these sections so that I could write stuff down about them uh, and not understand what I was, what I was reading at all. That just didn't work for me. And I tried it for months. Um, and it just never clicked. Um, I took actually my first LSAT in April. Um, and I took that class in January and it went till about April. And even after that first test, I would still regularly miss 11 questions on reading comp, 12 questions on reading comp. Hmm. So that, that system just never worked for me. I tried, you know, I put in my hours and it just never clicked. I think that's a really common experience. Interesting to hear that it was, you felt you had to rush your reading in order to leave time to write notes. For sure. So at a certain point, you shifted gears and you realized you needed a new approach to reading comp in particular where when did you find that and when did things start clicking for you so it was after i decided to take the lsat again uh, i got my score back and realized i was going to have to take it again didn't have another course locally that i could take so i just started studying by myself listening to podcasts and obviously that's when i found lsat demon um, and just what they said about reading comp made sense to me. Like it made a lot of sense, you know, they were talking about how, why are you taking notes about a passage that's four paragraphs long? Like it's right there. Just read it, you know? And so that was when I stopped taking notes on reading comp and immediately there was like a somewhat decent improvement it wasn't straight to you know perfect scores but it was you know 
Instead of missing 12, I was missing seven, something like that, which is a big difference. For Huge. Me. Yeah. So as I started approaching it more, you know, slowly, just reading the passage instead of cruising through the passage and writing stuff down about it, those improvements started to come. Then there was one podcast I remember specifically, uh, or I don't remember who was saying it, but I think it was Nathan who was talking about how when he starts a reading comp passage, he has a conversation with the author. Mm. Right. And he, you know, there was like the example, I think it was like the purple loose drive passage. Uh -huh. which, uh, you know, I've read probably three times and he's saying that, you know, author one starts off and he says, you know, purple loose strife is a problem. And, you know, you read that first sentence. And what I started doing is I would pause. I would ask questions. Why is it a problem? And I would make predictions. You know, is it because it's harming native species? Is it because purple loose strife is poisonous? Uh, what, mm -hmm. what are the reasons behind that? And I would read the next sentence and it would say it's harming native species. I would say, okay, great. Why is that a problem? You know, are these native species important for some reason? Or are they important because they're native, right? I started doing that, sometimes pausing after every sentence and thinking it would take a really long time for me to finish a reading comp passage. And it was significantly faster than what I was doing before just because I would finish the passage and it would take a long time. Um, but then I would just breeze through the questions. Mm -hmm. Those extra, that extra time you spend in the passage can pay off in a huge way in just how, how quickly you understand and can predict the answer to the questions. Right. I also, exactly. I, I love your description of how you have that conversation with the author. To me, that sounds very much like an LR approach to reading which you already mentioned, you never had too much of a struggle with LR, right? So did you did you start to feel that way? Like you were treating RC passages a little more like you would treat a passage in LR? Yeah, yeah, I definitely was. Um, my, I mean, I think originally the problem with my reading comp was that I was just so focused on read, you know, read fast, be done. And... Mm -hmm then just start working through these questions. And when I slowed down, I could start thinking about the question uh, in the same way that I would think about an LR question. So instead of just trying to recall something vaguely about what I read, I knew what I read and I could actually apply that to the question that I was trying to answer. Excellent. How long did this process take? Because it's not simple to, or, or at least it's not easy to just change the way you read so is this something that took a lot of practice that you had to struggle with like do you know can you say like how how long it took before you really felt like you were locked in on rc the way you should be yeah so i would say it took me about two months okay uh which i felt pretty good about honestly yeah i think my first perfect passage where i didn't miss anything uh, was about two months after I changed how I was reading the passage itself. How did that feel? Your first perfect passage? <laughs> I was so excited, you know, because it, it felt like, you know, my games were, they were good, you know, games you can get down if you put the time in and my logical reasoning, I never struggled with. 
So to get down that last piece of the puzzle felt amazing. For me, a similar experience was my first perfect logic game section. And I remember being amazed at the time by how it felt, um, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but it was like unexpected because it didn't feel like I had done anything extraordinary. Right. Like it was just like, oh, I just did these games the way that I had been practicing and the way I was supposed to do them. And there's that minus zero. And on the one hand, I was very excited. On the other hand, it was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, that makes sense. I, I did it right. So I got a good score. Was did you have a similar experience on RC? It was exactly like that. Yeah. Cause I was doing it as part of my weekly practice test. And I do this thing that I probably shouldn't, but sometimes I exit out of the test to see how well I'm doing mid test. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which def- is definitely not a waste recommended. Of time. Definitely not recommended, Don't. but okay. All right. Yeah. I would do that. I shouldn't do that. Don't do that. But I did. And so I was measuring my progress. RC was last. And I knew, like, okay, if I miss, you know, no more than four, then I'll get something like a 174 or something like that. Which mm-hmm. is, <laughs> I put way too much thought into the actual score and not enough into the taking the test, but it is what it is. Very common. So, yeah, I, I finished the test and I get my score back and it's 177. And I was like, I was not expecting that. Like, what is that? Uh, and it was because I had just 100% at the reading comp section, which I didn't expect to do. I, I had never done that. I think my best sections before that were I would miss three or something like that. And so to have that happen, doing exactly what I've been practicing for the last two months, uh, it just felt like it was anticlimactic, but it was also exciting to know that I was done. Yeah, I wasn't done, but I was ready, you know? Yep, I totally get that. Excellent. Shifting gears a little bit, I wanna maybe talk about what your study routine was like. Now you were working full time while studying, right? Maybe talk a little about how you found that balance because it's something that a lot of students struggle with. Yeah, so I worked full time as a, a paralegal um which Which is many many i think would call a more than full-time job right uh sometimes yeah i feel like my my work specifically is um they try to make it as lenient or laid back as possible but uh, you know it's 40 hours a week you know hands every week no Mm -hmm. no less um but my schedule was more predictable than i think a lot of paralegals schedules are So I knew I would get into the office at eight and I would leave at four. Um, And so initially what I would do is I would work just the full day. I would go to the gym to kind of get my mind going, get pumped up a little bit. And then I would go to the library and study for a couple hours. Um, Which, you know, was fine. But what worked better for me is later on, I started to just go straight into studying right after I got off work and I would I would do about a three hour block wow it's a little longer yeah I've never felt like I'm the most I don't know naturally intelligent guy but I've always felt like I can just grind and so that was kind of my philosophy on it that is a huge part of 
this test and I think of legal work, right? It's just the ability and the willingness to put in the hours and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And there, But there are smarter ways to do that. Um, I mean, before my first test, uh, I did it really poorly. Um, I was really dumb. But what I did, because I, I registered late, so I got a really bad time slot. So I was taking the test at 6 in the morning. Yikes. And so I wanted to like acclimate to that, but I started work at eight. So I would like wake up at four every day and then I would go for like a short run just to get pumped up. Uh -huh. And then I would take a full LSAT um, and not review it at all. So yeah, I basically wasted my time for three weeks um, is how I look at it. But I feel like if you, if you just are smart about working hard, then you can get the best of both worlds where you're working hard and getting the benefit from that, but also you're not wasting your time. Yeah. So tell me how you would do it differently when you say uh, if if you're smart about working hard, what would that look like to you? Uh, so for me personally, I, I noticed that I could study for about an hour and a half before I started getting a little, you know, a little groggy, a little tired, not focusing as well as I should. So what I would do is as soon as I finished work, I would just sit in my cubicle. It's quiet there. Um, and I would just start working through sections. I would start drilling, something like that. And I would do that for about an hour and a half. <clears throat> then I would get up, walk around, use the bathroom, get a snack. And then I would start, because I went to the gym right after I studied, I would drink a lot of caffeine, like a lot of <laughs> caffeine, um, just to get myself pumped up. And that got me through the second hour and a half of my study every time. I would actually feel like the second hour and a half was more productive than the first hour and a half because I was just so pumped up. Mm -hmm. And so I got a good, I felt like a genuinely solid three hours of study every day after work. That's great. And I, I think the key thing that listeners should take away from that is that you realized what your limits were for a single session. And when you needed to take a break and you kind of trusted your feelings on that and didn't try to push beyond what would have been productive. I'm sure we have all who have studied for the LSAT been on those marathon study sessions where you try to just grind out hours and hours. And at a certain point, you're just not focused, you're not productive, and you're not really, you're sacrificing on thorough review and you're really just kind of grinding through to see that you keep getting uh, questions right or try to get the next one right to prove something to yourself. Uh, at least that was my experience. So yeah, um, many people who work full time who are studying find it's most they are most productive to study in the morning like I did, but you found something else that worked for you and you were just kind of honest about your energy levels and your feelings and you found something that worked best with your schedule. That's great. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think that maybe it would have been more productive for me to study in the morning. Um, but of course, I had to be at work at eight. So, yep. you know, I just found something that worked for my specific schedule and I feel like it worked out pretty well. So talk to me about the experience of your official test day that led to your 173 Presumably, you weren't stuck with a 6 a.m. slot anymore, but and you had a little more. Uh, you were a little more comfortable with the the whole day. 
Yeah, yeah. So I I had actually taken the August LSAT as well. And it went horribly um, with all the proctor issues and everything. And I actually had to retake it a week later. Um, and so after that, I was only in person. I, you know, that that was my philosophy then, uh, which I feel like genuinely helped my my in-person experience was very good. So that day I actually got the 173, felt great, caffeinated, how I, you know, I like to be when I'm doing LSAT stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I went in for the test around 10 and everything felt great, uh, except for that second section uh, of logical reasoning. Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, just was brutal. It was, it was the hardest section I think I've ever taken. Mm -hmm. And so I got to the end of it and I was like, well, I guess I just need to hope that that was the the experimental section. And so I just went into the next two sections under the idea that that was an experimental section. It didn't count. And these two sections are worth something, mm -hmm. which maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But ultimately, I felt really good about the other three sections. Yeah. I felt arguably even better than I actually did. I I had this... Every single time I took the LSAT, I underperformed what my median score was in my previous tests. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think I feel like three times shows that that's probably just how I perform on test day is just a little worse than I perform on practice tests. Well, that's not unusual. And I was going to ask, did you do you have or did you have any inclination to take the test again because you said you've scored as high at least as a 177 on a practice test did you have any thought of taking it again reaching for a higher score or did you know that hey 173 is well above the median at the school where i would really like to go um and i'm ready to get an application in yeah that was kind of my thoughts on it um sure. of course part of me thought maybe i should push for something higher Obviously, I would have the earliest I could register would be for November. Um, that would push me back another year, which isn't the end of the world, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's not a bad idea to take some time and improve your score. But where I was trying to go, 173 is more than enough. Right. Nice. I suspect you'll be in good shape. So, yeah, do keep yeah. us posted. Do keep us posted yeah, on that. You said that you really you thought that the in-person testing experience was good for you. That's something that we get a lot of questions about now because it's a new option. We're not all stuck taking the test from home. I personally was really thankful I was able to take the test from home, but I have a quiet controlled environment that I have just good control over. Yeah. Tell me just maybe briefly about that experience and why it worked well for you as opposed to taking the test at home. Yeah, so I felt like in-person made it a lot simpler. I mean, not, yeah, in-person made it a lot simpler than remote was mm. because I didn't have to make sure my environment was controlled. I live in an apartment right next to the road, so there's cars passing all the time. The in-person testing center where I go was uh, really nice, actually. Nice. And they had little headphones for noise cancellation that you could wear while you were taking the test. Great. Uh, so all you had to do was show up. You didn't have to cover any pictures in your background or wait for a <laughs> proctor or anything. So I genuinely really enjoyed the in-person experience. 
I also felt kind of more pumped up. I don't know when sure. I went, which is probably just a me thing. Maybe some other people will feel that way, but felt like something about driving there. Yeah, it felt like game day. Exactly. Cool. And I mean, just with the seamless with the computer and the software that they had, you didn't have a proctor poking around your screen while you're doing it. Cubicle, there wasn't any noise to worry about. So you were able to just lock in and not be distracted by the environment at all. Exactly. There was just a lot less worried about. A lot less to worry about. Great. So if, if I don't know, if someone has a lot of anxiety about, you know, their software working right and getting their environment ready, I think if you have the option to test in person, that's not a bad option to take. Nice. Well, best of luck to you. You set yourself up for success with that 173 and sounds like you have a good idea of what you're looking for uh, and where you want to go. So congratulations again uh, and well done on all the hard work that got you there. That was really, um, you know, you leaning into what you understood was intuitive about reading comp on this test and then just being able to willing to put in the consistent hours to to get it done so yeah hats off to you well done my man thanks you were you've been very generous with your time and shared some great advice about rc in particular any last words of wisdom that you want to share with students currently on the grind um i would say try different methods and find what worked for you i feel like for me taking it slowly Understanding every sentence worked really well, and it will probably work really well for you. Um, but I also know people who wrote things out, and that worked really well for them. I would just say try things, watch your scores, see what happens. And if one thing's clearly better than everything else, stick with it. Cool. Well, thanks again, Braden. Wonderful getting to talk with you today. And uh, keep us posted on your application cycle. Definitely want to hear about your further success when you end up going to law school for cheap or ideally for free. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Well, email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. And thanks again, Braden, for coming on. Hey, hey, hey.